What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're talking about something super important. Um, We're talking about standing firm. Um, I was reading Isaiah this morning, and something really stood out to me, so I wanted to talk about it. Um, So we're going to pray. We're going to get started. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day, God. I thank you for waking us up. Lord, I just ask that you would fill us up with your Holy Spirit, that you would remove in us anything that's not of you, God, that you would give us eyes to see what you're doing in our lives and ears to hear what you would have to say to us, God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us a hunger and a thirst for your word and a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, God, and that you would help us to stand firm, Lord, in in our faith, Lord, and in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, as I said, I was reading in Isaiah, and Isaiah 7, 9, uh, the, the last two lines of that, really, really stood out to me. Um, It says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And I think that is just incredibly relevant. I mean, when is it not? But especially right now with all the things that are happening in the world and all the craziness and the uncertainty and even on a a smaller scale level, I just know that so many people are going through so much. Um, And if you're anything like me, you try to do things on your own strength sometimes and that just doesn't ever work. Like I can I will tell you from personal experience that does not work. But the Lord really reminded me through this verse that if I don't stand firm in my faith, if I don't hold on to those promises that the Lord has given me in his word, if I don't remind myself of the truth, remind myself of the truth, um if I don't do what Philippians 4:8 says and and think on things that are true, then I'm not going to be able to stand it all up against these hardships and these struggles and against what the world is coming at us with. Um, Because we, you know, we live in a world that is saturated by sin. Um, We are, you know, human beings and sin is the disease that we live with, but Jesus is the cure. And so if we don't hold tight to that cure, if we don't hold tight to Jesus, um, we're not going to be able to, to be healed of this disease. And we're not going to be able to say no to the temptations that the world throws at us. Um, and so I kind of broke this down into a couple points. Um, the couple points that the Lord has been teaching me over the past year or two, um, but that are very vital and important to understanding how to even stand firm, what to stand firm on, what to stand firm against. Um, it's all really, really important. So I made some notes today and I really just want to talk about these because I think it's super important for us to understand. And um, so I'm just going to jump on in. And that first point is knowing who God is. Um, I think that if we really take a look at all the different um, Christians in the world and their in their relationships with God and um, everybody, the foundation is who God is. And if we have something wrong um, in that, uh, if we have something wrong in our belief system about who God is, um, then it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. The rest of our relationship with the Lord, the rest of our belief system is going to crumble because Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the one that we are to build our lives on. He's the firm foundation. And so if our foundation has cracks in it, if our foundation, 
um, is made of the wrong material, if our foundation doesn't follow the, the blueprints, the plans that God has given us um, in his word on how to build it, it's just it, our house isn't going to stand. And we're not even going to be able to stand firm because the foundation that we're supposed to stand firm on is non-existent. Um, and God really showed me that about two years ago. And um, he really just prompted me to seek his word and to seek um, um, wisdom, as James says, to ask for wisdom um, through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said when he left the earth and ascended to heaven, that he was giving us the Holy Spirit who's going to lead us into all truth and to remind us of all that Jesus had said. And so to really know who God is, we don't need to, um, you know, focus on what our parents say or what our friends say or what I say or what your pastors say. It's so important that we go back to God's word and see who he says that he is. And the Bible is full of descriptions of God and who he is, and his attributes, and his character. And when we focus on those, and we meditate on those scriptures, our knowledge of God just deepens, and it it saturates our hearts. And that is what we need to build our foundation on, because my second point, which is knowing who you are, you can't properly know who you are if you don't know who created you. You can't properly know who you are if you, you don't know whose image you were made in. You can't properly know who you are if you don't know the God that loves you and that created you for a purpose, that knew you before the foundations of the earth. Um, And so I really just want to encourage you to be intentional. Maybe take a week or two to really go through these points and spend a week or two on the attributes of God, on who God is, praying through those scriptures and asking the Holy Spirit to to guide you and to give you wisdom on who God is and to help you understand the scriptures. There's no better teacher than the Holy Spirit because um, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. And so these scriptures, um, when you're reading them with the Holy Spirit helping you, they will change you and they will mold you and they will do exactly what Romans 12 talks about when it says that we need to be uh, not conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Your minds will be renewed. Um, and so that is my first point, is, is knowing who God is um, and doing so by seeking the scriptures and by allowing him to tell you who he is um, instead of allowing human beings, yourself included, to mold your beliefs about God. And then the second point is knowing who you are. Um, First, if we have that foundation of knowing who God is, that's kind of the first base layer, the strong layer of the foundation. And now the top layer is knowing who you are. It's kind of the next step in really solidifying um, this foundation that we're going to stand firm on. And the Bible, again, is full of scripture talking about who we are, um, what our purpose is. And um, our purpose really boils down to knowing God and making him known. Um, And that is partially the first portion of this this, um, podcast today is, one, knowing who God is. So our purpose is knowing God and making him known. And um, the Bible will show you that. I mean, we have Jesus talking about the Great Commission. We have the Old Testament talking about giving 
the Lord our hearts and how he doesn't look on outward appearance, but he looks on our hearts. Um, it's the same message over and over. He wants us to have faith in him. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to give him our hearts because we were created for good deeds. We were created for good things that he planned long ago. We were created for relationship with the Lord. Um, Adam and Eve before the fall kind of give us this glimpse of what it was meant to be like. And it says that they walked with God um, in the garden and they were in fellowship and unity with him. And um, God was very, a very active part in their lives and they had conversations with him and they walked in obedience to him and they did the work that he put out for them to do um, until the fall, obviously. Um, but that's kind of like a foreshadow, a, a glimpse of what it's supposed to be like. We're supposed to be in a communion with the Lord, walking with God, walking in obedience with him, doing the work that he has set us out, to, set out for us to do. Um, and in that, um, there are specific things that God tells us about ourselves, that we're made in his image, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we were created again for those good things, for those good purposes. Um, he knew us before the foundations of the earth. He created us to to love him and to love other people, um, to go out and and walk into the Great Commission every day and, and um, share the gospel with people. There when we know who we are and we can, again, remember the promises of God, um, there's not much that is going to be able to stand against us. And when things do stand against us, we're going to be able to speak truth into that. Um, and that kind of now leads me into the next point. So we know who God is. We're working on, on really solidifying that. And now we're knowing who we are. The next point of that, and this isn't part of the foundation because the Foundation is knowing God and knowing who you are in God. Um, the next part of of learning to stand firm is knowing your enemy. And I did a little video on my Instagram about knowing who your enemy is. Um, so if you want to go check that out, go for it. Um, but it is so vitally important to know what we're fighting against, who we're fighting against, and how to fight against that. Um, because once we know who we are, we know who God is. We have this foundation that enables us to to discern, to see through the lies of the enemy and to fight well. Um, if Again, if we don't know who God is and we don't know who we are, it's going to be really hard to fight in a war or a battle against something that's supernatural when we don't even know where our foundation is or, or what how we can even fight that. And so... And knowing your enemy is really important and, and um, not falling for his schemes. I made the video on Instagram because I had seen a governor talking about how he puts on his armor every day to fight against a certain political party. And um, I found that quite discouraging and alarming because he claims that, that he's a Christian and his faith is between him and the Lord, his salvation is between him and the Lord. When you profess to be a Christian, that's a big thing. Um, and there is scripture that talks about knowing them by their fruits and knowing um, people will know us by how we love one another. And um, I've read the scripture in Ephesians 6 that he was quoting about putting on your armor. Um, but what 
kind of blew me away is just that he misplaced the term enemy onto the wrong person. He was saying that this political party is the enemy and he needs to put on his armor to fight against that political party. But if you really think about it, he he fell for the enemy in that moment. He fell for the enemy's ploy to get him to admit that there is another enemy other than the real enemy, which is the devil and um, the spiritual f- evil forces, a.k.a. his demons. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against this, the evil forces of the dark realm and all these things. And it's like when we choose to label people, human beings or circumstances or whatever as the enemy and we don't really get to the root of what it actually is, we lost. We are, are blinded in that area. Our discernment is off and now we're going to be fighting the wrong things. We're going to be putting all of our energy into something that isn't even what we're supposed to be doing. And I know that, um, especially right now in the United States, that, and elsewhere, I'm sure, um, but the way that everything is politicized, the way that everybody is so divided, so polarized, one opposite end of each other, when really the Lord calls us to unity because he knows that the enemy wants to divide. The enemy's plan is divide and conquer. He wants all of us to be on a different page, especially Christians, um, so that he can make us stumble. He can keep us from the Lord. He can keep us from fully diving into all that the Lord has for us and so that we wouldn't be able to stand firm. That is what he wants. And so we have to know who our enemy is. And our enemy is the devil and um, our enemy is sin. And the Lord has given us freedom from both of them. But we have to trust him. We have to repent of our sins. And we have to know who God is. We have to know who we are. And we have to know who our enemy is. And so uh, that brings me to my last point. Is standing firm in your faith. So we have faith in who God says he is because of his word. We have faith in knowing what God says about us. We have faith that God is going to give us power over the enemy um, because we know who our enemy is. Our enemy is not a group of people. Our enemy is not any human being. Our enemy is, is Satan and our enemy is sin. And both of those things will keep us from experiencing the fullness of the Lord. And in some cases, the Lord at all. Um, and so I just have some scriptures I want us to go through. Um, if you want to open up, your Bible to them or take notes or whatever you want to do or just write them down, please do, but they are very, very important. And so the first one is just that second part of Isaiah 7, 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And again, you know, if we are not firm in knowing who God is and knowing who we are and knowing who our enemy is, we're not going to be able to stand. Um, It makes it that much easier for us to fall for what the world is saying, what the enemy is saying, what our flesh is trying to get us to do, um, because the flesh is weak, you know, but the spirit is willing. In our souls, we want to obey God, but our flesh is pulling us in the opposite direction. Um, if we don't stand firm, we're not going to be able to stand. Um, and then 
going to Ephesians 6, um, this is where the um, armor of God is talked about. I'm just going to pull it up really quick. Um, I wrote some of these down, but I didn't write all of Ephesians 6 on there. I would just encourage you guys, too, to write these down and go read them for yourselves. Um, Go pray and ask the Lord to reveal his truth to you. And go ask the Lord to um, explain what he meant when he wrote these scriptures. um, And write them on your hearts. Um, Remember these so that in those days, in those times, when things are difficult, when you're doubting who you are, you're doubting who God is, or the enemy's trying to get you to question things, or the things that are going on in the world are, are... kind of getting you off track, then you can go to these and remember who God is and who you are. And so um, Ephesians 6 is very, very important. And starting in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For a struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. In verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm just going to pause there because if you really break down what each of these pieces are, they are very, very key and important. So it says, verse 14, stand firm then. So that's what we're talking about. We're standing firm. And what are we standing firm on? We're standing firm on the Lord. We're standing firm in the Lord and in his mighty power. And we're doing so with the armor of God that he gives us. And so we're standing firm with the belt of truth. So we need to focus on what is true. With the breastplate of righteousness, we need to seek out righteousness and walking in obedience to the Lord. We need to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So we need to be ready to share the gospel with people. We need to be seeking out peace and not division. Um, And I just, a little side note here, seeking peace does not mean that someone who is um, preaching uh, something that is not biblically sound, that you just agree with them. Um, But it also doesn't mean that you sit there and argue because there are times to as Ecclesiastes talked about, there's times for peace and times for war. And so we always want to be seeking unity and seeking peace and seeking ways that we can, through the truth, through sharing the truth in love, um, seeking peace. But anyways, so that's another part. And then it says, in addition to all of this, taking up the shield of faith. So we need to hold on to our faith. Because, I mean, think about about these pieces of armor in your mind. When you have a shield, what are you doing with it? You're holding it in your hand. You're holding it on your arm as a way of blocking things from hitting your body, blocking arrows, blocking all these things, Um, shielding your vital organs from these, um, these arrows and these swords. And so you're holding on to your faith. You're taking up faith. 
which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, which is standing firm in your faith, just like Isaiah 7-9 talked about. And then it says, taking the helmet of salvation. So we have a helmet guarding our minds of salvation, guarding our heads. And then lastly, the sword of the spirit, which is the only offensive piece, the only piece that we can actually do damage to to uh, the enemy with is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's why I, I am so um, adamant about you going and spending time in the word um, with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit, just you and him so that he can teach you. Because knowing these scriptures, knowing the word of God and knowing his promises um, is vital to fighting the enemy. Because when we know who God is, but we know the scriptures that tell us who God is, that is monumental. When we know who we are, but we know the scriptures that tell us who we are, that's monumental. But also knowing our enemy, the Bible lays out who our enemy is and what's going to happen to him in the end. Because in the end, he's going, he was already thrown out of heaven for his pride. But in the very end, he's going to be thrown into the lake of fire where he is going to be um, kept there for all of eternity to punish him for all of the evil that he has done um, against God's people, but also against the Lord. And he doesn't like to talk about that. But when we know that, and we know that, that we have power, the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us. When we know that God is for us, and if he's for us, who can be against us? If we know that he, um, that he is greater in us than he who is in the world, like when we know these things, it is life-changing when the enemy comes to try to lie to you. Um, that verse 16, it says, the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. These flaming arrows are lies. These flaming arrows are temptations. These flaming arrows are things that make us question who we are or who God is. But when you know who God is, when you know who you are, you're able to say, no, that's a lie because the word of God says, and then you can quote that. And that's exactly how, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, that he fought against the enemy. The enemy said, well, this, if this is true of you, as the Bible says, then do this. And Jesus came back at him with this truth of scripture. Because the enemy might try to use a little bit of truth mixed in with a lie to get you to believe it. But what is changing everything is this shield of faith, faith in God and faith in his word and faith in his promises and extinguishing those flaming arrows, but then cutting down the enemy with the word of God, because that is what stops him in his tracks. And so uh, next I'm going to go to another verse and it says, it's first uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And that's another important verse um, because, again, this idea of standing firm. And by the way, if you just Google like verses that talk about standing firm, there is so many of them because it's very important um, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And that is also just what we need to uh to remember that we are put on this earth for uh, work. There are things and tasks that we need to do, 
but it all begins with um, knowing Jesus and and knowing what exactly he's called us to do. And so uh, let nothing move you and stand firm. And the next one's in the chapter right after that in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. And in the mix with um, Ephesians 6, being on your guard, being ready with these different pieces of the armor on, standing firm in the faith and being courageous and being strong. Um, next, if you want to go to 1 Peter 5, um, we're going to start in verse 5. And this one's a little bit more. There's five verses here. They're longer than the other ones I have. But this really goes to who God is, who we are, knowing our enemy and standing firm. It's kind of a little bit of everything all in one section of scripture. And I would, again, all of these verses, go read the whole chapter. Go read the whole book, especially First Peter. It's a shorter one. So if you want to start there, just to get get going in there, man, it's it's incredible. So First Peter 5, 5 through 10, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. So that's one thing. We're supposed to be humble toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves. So there's humility three times in the same sentence or in the same uh, scripture. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So we have, um, you know, God is caring. He will lift us up. He is mighty. Um, and we need to be humble and all these things. Then it, the next verse or the next part, be alert and of sober mind. So we need to, again, just like verse, uh, first Corinthians 16 says, be on your guard. It's just saying, be alert. So we need to be aware of our surroundings. We need to be aware of what's going on around us and how the enemy is trying to, to, to get at us and how our flesh is trying to get at us. It says your enemy, the devil prowl. There we go. There's who our enemy is. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So he's always looking, but we also need to always be looking because he is prowling around. He has his uh, demons working for him, walking around, looking for our weaknesses, looking for our weak points. Um, So we need to be looking around too and asking the Lord to open our eyes to our weak points so that we can um, surrender those to the Lord. Um, so that he can make us strong because it says that his power is perfected in our weakness. And then it says, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. So we are called to eternal glory and God is a God of grace. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So you see why it's so important to know who God is and to know who you are and to know your enemy? Because it says that God himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. He helps you be strong in the faith. He helps you stand firm in the faith. He helps you be steadfast. And he helps you get through all of the things that we go through because of the fact that we are called to eternal glory in Christ. Um, and and he has things for us to do. Um, the next verse is Galatians 5.1. 
and it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And so this kind of builds off of everything that we've talked about, um, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He has set us free from sin and set us free from death so that we can have a relationship with the Father, so that we can walk with him like Adam and Eve did at the very beginning before sin entered the world, so that we can have a relationship um, with our Creator. And because of that freedom, we need to stand firm in our faith. We need to stand firm in our freedom through the Lord. Um, That's a whole other topic, but I know a lot of really, you know, patriotic Christians that are just getting so intense um, and, you know, fighting um, and, and causing division for the sake of our American freedom. And that's a whole nother thing because I'm grateful for the freedom we do have in the United States to openly worship the Lord. But that is not the end all be all because what's going to happen if our freedom gets taken one day? Just like in other countries where being Christians illegal. And I pray that that never happens here. But what if it does? What are we going to do then? Because we need to trust the Lord no matter what. And he has set us free from sin. Because even in Ephesians 5, it even talks about um, servants and slaves. And obviously, then, back then, indentured servitude and slavery looked a little different. But regardless, it still made it in the Bible. And so for me, that just shows me that there are going to be times in the world where people are still enslaved. And again, I pray that this never happens, but what if a country came and overtook the United States and enslaved us? What then? What then? We are going to not have our freedom anymore, but we're going to have freedom from sin. And we're going to continue to have instruction from the Lord on how to act and how to treat our masters and how to uh, be obedient to the Lord, regardless of our circumstances. And so I just want, I, I know that was kind of a side tangent and a side note, but I really want all of us to really think about that. What exactly do, what exactly is freedom? Why do we have it? And what is it for? And God gave us freedom from sin through Christ so that we can walk in obedience, so that we can have the full life that Jesus talked about giving us. And then the second Half of that verse, stand firm then because of that freedom and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, a slavery to sin, because the Lord says that whoever sins is a slave to sin. And when we um, are free from that bondage, we are now a slave to Christ and we are called to obey him um, and to stand firm in our faith and to trust him. So watch out for your enemy because he's going to try to enslave you, Um, to enslave you to lies, enslave you to your own sin. He's going to tell you that it's okay to just sin and to, to, to cause division and to not, you know, walk in obedience, even to earthly authorities. Um, there's a lot, a lot of craziness. Um, I'm going to leave the last verse off, um, but I just want to solidify everything that we talked about today know who God is know who you are and know your enemy and stand firm in your faith 
Um, again, as I said, I, I just really want to encourage you guys to go listen to these scriptures. Go read them for yourselves. Read the chapters, but pray and ask the Lord to to open your eyes and to open your ears to what he's saying and, and doing and, and to really soften your heart to what he has. Um, we need to be humble. Um, as First Peter 5 talked about, because God opposes the proud. And to be in opposition with God is not a place that we, we want to be in. Um, ask the Lord to humble you if that's something that you struggle with. I know that's something that I have struggled with um, as far as like wanting to be right and not being willing to, to be wrong and be okay with it. But the Lord really showed me that we can have some really wrong ideas about God when we put too much emphasis on our pastors or someone who seems really faithful or someone on social media who is a Christian. That's their own faith, guys. And you have to have your own relationship with the Lord. And you have to be willing to be wrong. If something that you're believing about God or about yourself or about the enemy is wrong, then you need to be willing to admit that and to give that up to the Lord and to accept whatever he's telling you. Um, that's a lesson that the Lord really taught me uh, a few years ago. And man, it's been life-changing ever since. Um, we need to seek the truth and um, we need to seek the Lord because he is the, tr the truth. Um, he's the way, the truth, and the life. And so I just want to encourage you guys to, to stand firm. Don't let the circumstances of the world, of your life, sway you. Don't let the enemy sway you. Don't let the temptations that you face sway you because the Lord is faithful and he will give you a way out as 1 Corinthians ten thirteen talks about. So trust him. Um, I hope you all have a great day. Um, I want to, as I always say, let you know that if you ever need prayer, you have a question about what we talked about or anything like that, um, pray about it and message me and um, we can talk about it too. So I hope you guys have a great day. Um, I just, I wasn't going to pray at the end of this, but I think we should. So let's pray real quick. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for today. And I, I thank you for your goodness and for your mercy and for your glory, God, and just all that you are, Lord Jesus, you are so good. And God, I pray that you would um, speak to our hearts today and remind us who we are, God, and that you would bind the, the, the plans that the enemy has, Lord Jesus, um, that you would spur us on and encourage us towards you, Lord Jesus, that you would push us and give us a thirst for hunger and a thirst and hunger for righteousness and for your word. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would fit us with your armor, Lord Jesus, that we would be ready to be peacemakers, peace uh, seekers, Lord Jesus, that we would um, seek to obey you, God, that we would just love you so much with all of our hearts and that we would um, be on fire for you, that we would share with others, God, and that when others see us, they would see you. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would reveal to us any ways that, that we have fallen short of your glory, Lord, so that we may repent of them. Lord, and that you would test us and know our anxious thoughts, God, that you would see if there's any offensive way in us, God, and that you would lead us in the, in the everlasting way, God. And I pray that you would create in us clean hearts and pure spirits, Lord, and that you would give us um, a steadfast spirit, Lord, that you would help us to endure 
Give us endurance, endurance and perseverance, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to discern the enemy's plans, Lord Jesus, that we'd be able to see what he's trying to do. Lord, that you would, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, remind us of your promises. And Lord, that we would be able to, to stand up against against the enemy, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to tear down strongholds and, and do the things that you've called us to do. And so, Lord, I just pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.